Welcome back to Operation Timothy, a discipleship program by your host, me, Jim Reynolds, and Big Faith Ministries. And uh, let's just dive right into it, okay? The first thing I want to talk about today is when was the Old Testament written and who wrote it? And, And keep in mind that the Bible is one book made up of 66 individual books that was written over a period of 1,500 years by over 40 different authors. The book is an amazing piece of literature because it's a book of philosophy. It's a book of poetry. It's a book of history. It's a book of theology. And all those books together agree on one thing. That's an amazing thing that over the course of 1,500 years, You can have these different writers from different backgrounds, a doctor, a farmer, a king, uh, a rebellious man in the form of Moses who ended up leading uh, and and guiding. And you you have all the, you have a killer of Christians in Paul um, who, who penned several letters that now make up part of the New Testament. You have all these different people who came from various and diverse backgrounds to write what would become the Bible as we know it today. And all the different books of the Bible all point to one thing, a creator of the universe, God the Father. It's an amazing thing. But let's get into this and tackle this. When was the Old Testament written and who wrote it? Uh, Basically, the Old Testament is a collection of works uh, that was composed over many years, and as I just mentioned, 1,500 years. The texts that comprise the Old Testament are believed to have been written over about 1,500 years, uh, roughly spanning the mid-second to the mid-first millennium uh, B.C. While the New Testament understands God to be the author of the Old Testament uh, by inspiration of the Holy Spirit, uh, and that's found in 2 Timothy 3.16, and we're actually going to talk about that in in a few episodes down the road. Um, But again, uh, over 40 different writers have been identified as authors of the individual books of the Bible. And, And I've already mentioned Moses and David and Solomon. But Hebrew women such as Deborah and Miriam also penned some of the scriptures. And there were even people such as Agur and Lemuel who who wrote portions of the Old Testament who were not even Jewish, not even Hebrews. Uh, It's important to know that the text of the Old Testament was originally recorded in two languages, classical Hebrew and Aramaic. The Bible contains five basic literary genres or types. Uh, The the Old Testament contains the law. It's a historical narrative. There's poetry. Again, there's philosophy. There's prophecy in in the Old Testament. And people in the uh, ancient Near East used a variety of materials as writing surfaces. Monumental inscriptions were preserved on rock walls and on stone slabs. The Rosetta Stone and the Moabite Stone are well-known examples of documents carved in solid rock. 
And the Old Testament indicates that even the Ten Commandments were carved in tables of stones. And you can read about that in Exodus 32. And later, Joshua wrote a copy of the Law of Moses in stone. Other ancient writing materials also included clay, wooden tablets, papyrus manuscripts and scrolls, parchment made from tanned animal skins. The scroll of Jeremiah, burned by King Jehoiakim, may have been papyrus or or even parchment. Broken pieces of pottery were commonly used as an inexpensive writing material throughout the ancient Near East. Beaten metal scrolls were occasionally used for special purposes. A copper scroll was even found among the writings left in caves along the Dead Sea by the Qumran community. The Old Testament makes no mention of of the ink used for writing on scrolls, but it does list some of the other materials the authors used. Uh, An iron stylus was used, and that can be found in Job 19 and Jeremiah 17. A reed pen was used to to write scripture. That's found in Jeremiah chapter 8. A penknife for sharpening the pens is mentioned in Jeremiah 36. And even a writing case. The challenge of hard copying texts in the ancient world placed a premium on hearing and memorizing and publicly reading documents. Keep in mind that in the Old Testament, there was an emphasis, especially in the Pentateuch, or also known as the Law, the first five books of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. And specifically in Deuteronomy 6, but elsewhere, there is an emphasis on hearing the word of the Lord and on repeating it and memorizing it. Written works were often spread through servants, like message runners or heralds or scribes. Over the centuries, the Old Testament has been copied and and translated countless times. No one's going to argue that. No one's going to argue that the Bible, which is one of the oldest books in human history, and the Dead Sea Scrolls, which were found, are some of the oldest known writings of Scripture in the history of man. There's, we know that the Old Testament had been copied and copied and copied and translated and translated and translated hundreds, if not thousands of times. And we know that even today there are literally thousands of copies available in different languages from various time periods. So there's no doubt that the Bible itself, specifically speaking of the Old Testament, has been copied numerous times. And people will use that as an argument against the authenticity of the Bible that we have today. Look, it's common sense and natural for there to be errors of transmission in hard copying the scriptures. Even back in ancient times, there is no doubt because humans were involved and humans make errors 
of sight or hearing or, or, or memory or judgment. And there's no doubt that these variants happened when translating or copying Scripture. In fact, I didn't know this, but there's even a science of carrying these, of, of uh, comparing these variants, and it's called textual criticism. Didn't even know that. But sometimes it's, it's also referred to as lower biblical criticism. Now, the goal of textual criticism is to sort through the various versions of the Old Testament and get as close as possible to the original intent, meaning, and text. The practice or methodology of textual criticism includes gathering and sorting and evaluating the variant readings of a given verse or passage of Scripture. The available manuscript data is then rated to select the most appropriate reading of the text in question based on the available data. And that's a whole lot of words and even maybe some whole lot of mumbo-jumbo to describe what happens to make sure that the scriptures that we have today are accurate. But that kind of scrutiny is no different than what a scientist might do out in the field when looking at data or looking at evidence found in in a in a archaeological dig. There's no difference there. Looking for accuracy and authenticity. Some suggest that textual variants in the Old Testament manuscripts are evidence against the integrity and veracity of the Bible. But given its antiquity, the Old Testament exhibits a remarkable state of preservation. And, and this is due in part to the meticulous copying procedures of the Hebrew and Christian scribes. The early and wide distribution of biblical manuscripts and the reverence for and commitment to the Bible as the inspired word of God by Hebrews and Christians alike helped create the meticulous copying that preserved these ancient manuscripts. But even beyond that, equally important for the believer is, is that the work of the Holy Spirit inspired the human writers, illuminated the readers, and oversaw the canonization process of what we now call the Old Testament. And we're going to get to, in just a little bit, what it means, what the term canon means. We're going to get to that in just a little bit. But a good question really is, is how did people decide what belonged in the Old Testament? That's a great question. We don't know a lot about the exact process that resulted in, in the Old Testament Hebrew canon. Unfortunately, there's no, no documents or, or nothing that details the various steps of, of how this happened. However, two things are fairly certain. The process was lengthy and involved it probably took place in stages over central several centuries of Hebrew history. The limited data we have fits with a generic outline of canon formation. What does it mean to have canon? What, what does that word canon mean? Because it's definitely not found in the Bible. But basically, uh, canon means... To, to measure or a measuring read 
or you know measure is basically what it means and it's in in its theological expression it, it was used by Athanasius, Bishop of Alexandria, in his Easter letter to the churches in which he outlined the contents of the New Testament, and this was around A.D. 367. When applied to the Hebrew Scriptures, canon basically means that the individual books of the Old Testament were believed to have been divinely inspired and recognized as the Word of God. The canon was a collection of books of Scripture deemed supremely authoritative for faith and religious practice by the Hebrew community, and in fact became the standard by which later books of Hebrew history, tradition, and religious teaching were evaluated. Basically, God's revelation to the Hebrew people was initially conveyed orally. And these authoritative utterances were then passed to succeeding generations as the word of the Lord in the form of oral tradition. And oral tradition is not just a Hebrew thing. Many ancient cultures had oral traditions. But at some point, these divinely inspired words, sayings, speeches, acts of history were eventually put down in written form in the Hebrew community. On occasion, the authoritative utterance or the writing of the pronouncement also occurred simultaneously. In other instances, the documentation of divine revelation took place sometime after a historical event or a prompting of the word of the Lord. Oftentimes, that event or circumstance is provided as part of the context for God's communication to Israel, such as found in Exodus 15 or Joshua 8 or Judges 5. A millennium of Hebrew history is recorded in the Old Testament, which indicates the canonization process likely took a long time. For example, we know that that the Psalms alone came together over a period of 500 years. It's also believed that these texts were rather comprehensive. Numerous ancient sources cited in the Old Testament remain unknown to modern scholars, such as the Book of the Wars of the Lord, which is referenced in Numbers 21, or the Book of Jashar, referenced in Joshua 10. These are books that are unknown to modern man, but are referenced in the Old Testament. Assembling the written records of the Hebrew experience with Yahweh into anthologies and books was partially a matter of convenience for the Israelite community. It permitted easy access to documents and ensured their continued preservation. More importantly, though, it signified the value, prominence, and authority of the writings collected for the religious life of the community. These books demanded special attention. We don't know the details of how ancient Hebrews sorted through documents, but we can discern the basic criteria they applied to these documents for the purpose of sorting and delineating canon. Because we know that some literature made it into the Old Testament and some did not. We know that the Holy Spirit guided the Hebrew religious leaders to make consensus choices, which eventually resulted 
in the Hebrew canon of Scripture. The Hebrews apparently had a fixed or established canon of Scripture well before the time of Jesus Christ. In fact, we know that because uh, they had the book of the law, which they referenced in the Old Testament. And it seems that there were at least four key periods during Old Testament history when sorting documents and fixing a canon would have been crucial for the Hebrew religious community. During the Sinai experience after the Exodus, during the shift from theocracy to monarchy in Israel, at the time of the fall of Jerusalem and subsequent exile in Babylon, as a part of the reforms of Ezra the scribe and Nehemiah the governor in post-exiled Jerusalem, But unlike the New Testament, which emphasized apostolic authorship as the basis for canonicity, there seems to have been several factors to determine the Old Testament canon. The text had to be divinely inspired. The religious leaders in their communities recognized through the Holy Spirit the divinely inspired works of Moses. Moses wrote Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. And we also know that authorship was a factor in evaluating the books for canonicity. The, the, the ancient Hebrews recognized that the writers had to be divinely appointed, such as a king, a priest, a prophet, or a judge. The content of the books had to be examined for consistency. And the documents the Hebrew religious community actually used influenced canon selection. We know that the Hebrew religious community believed in the law of Moses. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. For thousands of years, the Old Testament has largely remained true to its original form. While we don't know exactly how the original Hebrew books were selected, we have every reason to believe that the decisions were guided by the same Holy Spirit who who inspired the dozens of Old Testament authors, and that same Holy Spirit inspired the authors of the New Testament. These written works represent a body of oral history that the ancient Hebrews relied upon, lived out, and remembered daily. I look forward to you joining us in our next episode as we dive a little bit deeper now into the scriptures and further understanding of where we got the Bible and how the Bible came to be. God bless you and have a fantastic day.